Let us pray. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and taught your will. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 56, verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. Let us listen together for the word of God. The Lord says, act justly and do what is righteous, because my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy or blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not making it impure and avoids doing any evil. Do not let the immigrant who is joined with the Lord say, The Lord will exclude me from the people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. The Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, Choose what I desire and remain loyal to my covenant. In my temple and courts, I will give them a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give to them an enduring name that will not be removed. The immigrants who have joined me, serving me and loving my name, becoming my servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath without making it impure, and those who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their entirely burned offerings and sacrifices on my altar. My house will be known as a house of prayer for all peoples, says the Lord. Says the Lord God who gathers Israel's outcasts. I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are invited to pause for a moment for prayer and reflection on the text. Amen. And we're back. Sort of. After a few weeks of pre-recording and guest preachers, we're back here on Facebook Live, at least for now. It does not feel like we're entirely back, of course. There are just a few of us in the sanctuary. The rest of us are scattered about in our family rooms or in cars or around picnic tables or on porches. So we're not entirely back, back to what we knew, back what we miss. The exiles are not fully back yet either, but they are looking ahead to returning home or to the home their parents or grandparents knew. Having lived away from Judah for generations, those who have been scattered are looking forward to going home to God's holy mountain. 
Our passage this morning comes from what most scholars understand to be 3rd Isaiah, a collection of texts written down by wise and faithful ones who are familiar with the sayings found in the first and second parts of Isaiah. First, Isaiah emphasizes human righteousness or right relationships or their absence. Second, Isaiah speaks of God's righteousness. And as the third section begins, we hear the two being connected as the prophet speaks of God's hopes and intentions for the returning community. The God who longs for right relationship with the people of God also longs for and expects right relationships among those same people and their neighbors. This longing is not new, of course. Throughout the prophets, we hear God's grief over a people who forget the God who brought them out of Egypt, the God who covenants to be their God in the desert, the God who keeps choosing to keep those promises even when God's beloved people stray and turn their backs in favor of what is easy or shiny or safe. This turning away from God and against their neighbor has led to the fall of the kingdom and the heartbreak of exile in foreign lands. Deep in their core, the people carry their ancestors' memory of the glory days of David's kingdom and the joy of worshiping in the temple. But the exile has changed things. The exile has changed them. Even after they are restored to Jerusalem, their faith and faithfulness will not be an exact copy of the faith of their fathers or their mothers. Things have changed. They are not their ancestors, and yet the God of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Moses and Miriam is still their God too. That has not changed. For them or for us. And God's faithfulness remains. It is who God is, and yet things have changed for us too, haven't they? The pandemic is not the exile, but our lives are very different than they were just six months ago. Masks are a regular part of our everyday lives, as are Zoom and Facebook Live and hand sanitizer. We wave from a safe six feet of distance and forego hugs and handshakes for the most part. Blue light glasses are all the rage, and football is a no-go, at least for some. There are more serious changes, too, of course. Fault lines that already existed are now highlighted in day-glow orange and green. Many of us are angrier, more anxious, more volatile, more impatient, more frightened, and more depressed than we have ever been before. Concerns about racism and policing have torn at the edges of communities and families. Employees and employers are torn over how to do work well and safely. Parents are juggling safety, sanity, job expectations, and their children's education and welfare. More of us are unemployed or tenuously employed. Teachers and administrators are losing sleep over school taking place in person and over school happening in a virtual space. And just about everyone has an opinion about what is best. 
things have changed, and we have changed or been changed as well. The people of Israel, ancient Israel, are changed by the exile too. This is not the same group who left when the southern kingdom and Jerusalem fell. Scholar David Maxwell points out that those who first heard these verses from Isaiah 56 include exiles from Babylon and beyond who have returned, who are returning to their cities and towns only to find others living in their homes, a disaster economy, a mix of cultures and religions, and a lack of order they had known in Babylon. The first hearers also include Jews left behind who were not considered important enough or wealthy enough to have been exiled. And also among the early hearers are other powerless non-Jews and foreigners who have landed in this politically unstable country and are now uncertain of their own future as the Jews figure out how to reorganize both as a religion and as a society. So everything has changed. The very makeup of the people of God has changed. There is no one typical returning exile. They are a mix of people and experiences and viewpoints. They are likely anxious and a bit on edge too. And yet they share one crucial thing. They love God. And they want to find a way to be faithful together in this unfamiliar terrain. And through the voice of Isaiah, we hear God's dream for all of them. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. This verse is inscribed over houses of worship all over the world. It is a lovely sentiment and it is also a radical claim. This returning band of scattered exiles are not carbon copies of their ancestors. Their life of faith will not be either. Without the centrality of the temple, Sabbath keeping and covenant keeping are now central in a way that they were not before. Those who are scattered and uncertain can still be considered part of the faithful. And anyone who holds fast to this faithfulness is part of the people of God. It sounds so simple and maybe even obvious. Of course all are welcome. Of course all are included. That was not always the case. And even with all of our best intentions, it is still not always the case. Foreigners and other outsiders and outcasts were always, always to be treated with kindness. But now any and all who want to follow this God are included in the covenant in a way they were not before. The left out and the left behind have a home within the people of God if they want it. Can you recall a time when you were left out or left behind? Maybe it was years ago, or maybe it was just this past week. Maybe you were picked last, or not at all, for a kickball team at recess. Maybe you sat on the bench no matter how hard you trained over the summer or worked at practice. Maybe you were passed over for a scholarship or a promotion. Maybe you were dumped by your first love. 
Maybe you could not afford new shoes for the first day of school. Maybe you struggled to read. Maybe English is not your first language. Maybe your hearing is not what it was. Maybe you love differently from those around you. Maybe you have struggled to have a child when all of your friends are having baby showers. Maybe you vote differently from your grandchildren. Maybe you cannot understand why the world had to go and change in the blink of an eye, especially when it was working just fine for you the way it was. It's been said that you can't go home again, and of course it is true in many ways. My childhood address just off Woodmont Boulevard still exists, but there is an entirely new house on the lot. My hometown looks different now. Sleepy little Nashville is the it city now, a bustling metropolis filled with people from all over. Some of those who never left, who joked about telling Newcomers that Birmingham is actually the place to be as they grumble about traffic and soaring housing prices. The landscape has changed with skyscrapers soaring where neighborhoods and small businesses once flourished. But natural disasters have changed things too. Ten years ago, a devastating flood surprised everyone with its destructive power. This spring, a tornado blew through, crumbling neighborhoods old and new. Gretchen Peters, a singer-songwriter from Nashville, recalls, the day after the tornado was a day of paradoxes. Just like on the morning after the flood, we woke up to beautiful spring weather and utter devastation in our backyards. But we also woke up to the sight of pickup trucks and dad vans loaded up with chainsaws and shovels and coolers full of ice and thermoses full of coffee, people handing out breakfast biscuits, people hugging strangers, people throwing their back into helping others, people asking other people, are you okay? Are you okay? Are we going to be okay? That is the question we ask in the wake of tumultuous change like pandemics and natural disasters. David Maxwell understands the return from exile as disaster recovery too. And as he says, disaster recovery is a messy business. Moving forward in and through this pandemic is a messy business too. Are we going to be okay We wonder to ourselves or out loud to anyone who can hear us. Figuring out how to be okay, how to be faithful together in this new season is messy. Everything has changed, including us. But that is not necessarily all bad news. I guarantee that the people handing out biscuits and hugging strangers are not all homegrown Nashville natives. Some have come there from far away to make music. Others have simply come to make a living and a life. And still others have never left. And in that place, they have all found a home. Our community looks different now, too. There are those who worship with us online who did not or could not before. 
Some have found their way back to church in this odd season, while others have wandered this way for the very first time. And still others of us, the ones who never left, find ourselves trying new things. And by the grace of God, we are discovering that the God we knew before is still here with us. God is still determined that this house be a place of prayer for all peoples, wherever that house may be and whatever shape that house may take. The welcome depends not on where you were born or how much you know, how long you've had a favorite pew, or how much you earn. The welcome is not contingent on how much you produce or what you can prove or whom you love. This welcome is for all who do their best to hold fast to what is right and good, all who cling to the Sabbath for ourselves and others, and all who promise to love and serve God above all else. So to all who have been left out or left behind, to all who have stayed and never strayed, to all who have wandered in wondering if there might be room here for you, You have a place here among God's beloved scattered people. And thanks to the God who gathers up the outcasts and insists on gathering up every last stubborn or straggling one who wanders in, we're going to be okay. More than okay. In God's house of prayer for all peoples, we are blessed and treasured beyond measure, now and always, no matter what. Thanks be to God. Amen.